0: Joshua chapter one. Out of curiosity, how many of you, this is the first time reading the book of Joshua? Well, one, okay. Like your first time studying it in depth? Yeah, a couple of us, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I was um, picturing that, because I think a lot of us know what's coming in the next chapter, but I, I was trying to picture what it would be like reading this for the first time and thinking, Oh, the spies promised to save Rahab and she happens to live in the wall. I'm sure that's no big deal, you know, as you start like thinking as to what's to come. But, yeah. So, surely you've all heard of famous last words, right? Um, Winston Churchill, he was a great prime minister in England and according to my research on Google and different places, his last words were, I'm so bored with it all. Right? Kind of good words. Um, Another person said, show my head to the people. It is well worth seeing. He was guillotined, so that's a little dark, a little funny. Sorry. And then maybe you've heard this one, I only regret that I have but one life to give my country. And that was Nathan Hale. He was a patriot, a founding father during the time of the revolution. Um, But maybe you've also heard of famous first words, ocean in view, oh, the joy. And that's something that William Clark wrote in his journal upon seeing the Pacific for the first time on his adventures with Lewis. Uh, I think we are all familiar with this one. Dr. Livingston, I presume. And he was, uh, these words were spoken by Henry M. Stanley, who was looking for Dr. Livingston, who had been missing for like a year ministering in Africa. And then this one too. That's one small step for man, one giant step for mankind. Famous first words spoken on the moon. And this idea of last words, first words, famous things came to mind as we uh, started looking at Joshua chapter 1. Because these are the first recorded words that we have of the Lord speaking directly to Joshua, the new leader of Israel. We know... um, even in our last time together, how the Lord used Moses so much in in Joshua's life. And we know that Moses poured into Joshua. So I don't think this is the first time Joshua heard from the Lord, but it's the first time we have recorded in Scripture what God was speaking to Joshua. So we're going to pick up there in verse 1. And depending how awake we are, we'll go through all 18 verses. We'll read through it. And see what the Lord has to say to us regarding these famous first words that are recorded for us, spoken to Joshua. It says, picking up in verse 1, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is there. Is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving them, the children of Israel. In verse three, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun. Shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Verse 6. Depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. There you go. If some of you are wondering how to be more successful in life. There's a recipe there for us in verse 8. Picking up in verse 9 Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the camp, and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourselves, for within three days you will cross over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. And the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua spoke, saying, Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God is giving you rest and is giving you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your livestock shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of the Jordan. But you shall pass before your brethren armed, all your mighty men of valor, And help them. Verse 15 Until the Lord has given your brethren rest, as he gave you, they also have taken possession of the land which the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moses, the Lord's servant, gave you on this side of the Jordan toward the sunrise. So they answered Joshua, saying, All that you command us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we heeded Moses in all things, so we will heed you. Only the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your command and does not heed your words in all that you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. Lord, again, we just thank you so much for these verses, God. May your presence be sensed here tonight as we pour over um, the words that you've given us, God. Speak to us, each and every one of my sisters, Lord. Answer the questions of their heart, God. May your presence be with us, Lord. It's in your name that I pray. Amen. If I were to give a title to tonight's message, it would be Great Commissions and Great Covenants. Great Commissions and Great Covenants. Uh, recently, I was at a. at a workshop, seminar retreat sort of thing. And the speaker encouraged us that one of the things you can do when you really want to glean from God's word is to print out the chapter, right? So Blue Letter Bible, there's a lot of resources online, and you can actually print out that chapter, and then you can color code it. So anytime you see a command, let's say you highlight it in green, right? Because green means go, so you highlight all the commands as to what you're going to do. Maybe anytime you see a warning, you underline it with that red pen, right? Like the teacher would mark your correct. Directions, like, don't do that. Stop doing that. You know, you need to heed any warnings. And maybe any promises in that chapter, you pick your favorite color. So for me, it would be purple. Maybe for you, it's blue or something else. And any promise, you could either put a star next to it or a heart, or you highlight it in that favorite color of yours. And you see the richness of God's word. Because it's true. Sometimes you go through something, you're like, okay, this was great for Joshua, but My name is not, you know, Josue, it's not Josefina. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this chapter, but you can, you can go through and highlight God's word in this way. And it was really interesting to me, just in the first nine verses, how many commandments the Lord laid before Joshua. Here are all the things you should be doing. Here are all the things to not be doing. Here are ways that you can be active In what the Lord has called you to do. My dear sisters, do not waste time in in inactivity. God's return, Christ's return is so soon. And we need to be busy about his work. He's given us stuff to do, right? That's the great commission. And you think, you may think, okay, but that's the Old Testament, right? Like we are under grace. What has Jesus told us to do? I'm so glad you asked. In Matthew chapter 28, we see another great commission. And it really blessed my heart to compare these two chapters, how much they have in common. So um, if you're quick, turn with me there to Matthew. It's the first gospel in the New Testament. So you'll pass a bunch of like prophetic names, and then you'll start getting to some that are familiar, like Mark and Luke. You've gone a little bit too far. And we are in the book of Matthew, the very last chapter, Matthew chapter 28. I'll start reading for us in verse 16 as you turn your pages there to Matthew chapter 28. It reads, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. Verse 17, When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. amen. I don't know how many similarities you were able to see, but I thought it was interesting that some of the first words that God tells Joshua says, now, therefore, arise, go. Right? And Jesus tells his disciples. So again, it goes back to our intro. First words, last words. The last spoken words that Jesus gave to his disciples were, began with, go, therefore right? So it's the same command. Now, therefore, arise and go. Now go, therefore, to make disciples. Make disciples. Teach other people how to follow Jesus, how to be like him. And we're told to do this in all nations. But it's so sweet to see in Acts, as we're given more information about this command, that it tells us to start in Jerusalem. To start with those people close to us, those in your home, if you're a mom here, your children, right? If you're a teacher, your students, the, the people that God has put in your path, these are the ones that we are to start with, to make disciples of them and all the nations. And then in verse 20, it tells us to observe all things that I have commanded you. And it's very similar to verse 7, where it says, Observe, observe to do all. According to all the law, all things we are told to observe. And it's, we live in a day and age where people try to pick and choose what they can apply from God's word. His standards of righteousness apply to this, but not really this because it's inconvenient, or not really this because I don't think it's loving, or not really this because, you know, hello, we're in 2022, so obviously, no all things it was true for joshua it was true for jesus's disciples and it's true for us all the disciples in this room we need to observe all things that christ has commanded us And you know what ladies these commands both in joshua chapter 1 and in matthew 28 come with a promise right i am with you always even until the end of the age And time and time again, God reassures Joshua that he will be with him, his presence. Isn't that a beautiful promise? So under great commission, our first point is commands. What are you commanded to do tonight, my sister? I'll give you a hint. You'll find it in God's word. So the first step, read it, right? Get your marching orders. Get your go-therefore. Meditate on his word, like it tells us there in Joshua, day and night. Start it with a Psalm in the morning or Proverbs in the morning. And then at night, maybe you go through the Bible reading plan that we're doing as a church, or you flip flop it around. Whatever it takes to be in God's word day and night. Don't let your phone be the first thing you look at and the last thing you stare into as you go to sleep. Be in God's word, meditate in him. And you can have not just the commands, but the second thing we can hold on to under great commissions is certainty, right? So with the commands comes his certainty, the certainty of his presence. I love that in Matthew 28, the promise is that Jesus will be with us always. And then in Joshua, in verse 9, the promise is wherever you go. Right, so always, wherever, that's like the time space contendium. That's everything the Lord desires to be with us. And the only thing that separates us from God's presence is our sin. Right, we have that beautiful promise in Romans 8 that not even death, nor life, angels, demons, these spiritual forces, nothing created can separate us from God's love. But the only thing that can separate us from his presence is our sin. Leave that at the altar, repent, come to him. He loves you, he wants to be with you. We can have that certainty as we obey his commands. Joshua was faithful to lead the people in the commandments to conquer and to divide the inheritance. He had the support of the tribes east of the Jordan and the promise of God's presence. But oh dear Christian here tonight, we have something greater. You see, one greater than Joshua has come, and he has given us the promise of his Holy Spirit, not just his presence with with us. His presence can't be in us. It can come upon us. It can overflow through us. What a sweet certainty we can have. And this brings us now to chapter 2 in the book of Joshua, where we'll see great covenants. So chapter 1 was the Great Commission, Through there, we saw the commands and the certainty, the commands found in God's word, the certainty based in God's presence. And now chapter 2, we see some great covenants, ladies. We'll read the first couple of verses there, beginning in verse 1. So we'll flip back to Joshua chapter 2, verse 1. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out two men from Acacia Grove to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. I don't know why I picture it being whispered since it's a secret. (laughs) So they went and came to the house of a harlot. Okay, that was unexpected. Named Rahab and lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho saying, Behold, men have come here tonight from the children of Israel to search out this country. So the king of Jericho sent to Rahab saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who have entered your house, for they have come to search out all the country. Then the woman took the two men and hid them. So she said, Yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. And it happened as the gate was being shut, when it was dark, that the men went out. Where the men went, I do not know. Pursue them quickly, for you may overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hidden them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order on the roof. Verse 7, Then the men pursued them by the road to the Jordan, to the fords. And as soon as those who pursued them had gone out, they shut the gate. Now therefore, now before they lay down, she came up to them on the roof verse 9, and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. verse 11, and as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Isn't it interesting that Rahab had heard of what the Lord had done 40 years ago? Right, drying up the Red Sea. We don't. We're not told her age, but maybe these events took place before she was even born, and she was hearing rumors, no doubt, possibly from some of her clients. Right, some of these rumors of things that the Lord had been doing throughout the land of Canaan. Um, we have a commentator. Um, his name is Origen from the second century, and this is what he writes looking at this uh, section in scripture. As the first Joshua sent his spies before him, and they were received into the harlot's house, so the second Joshua sent his forerunner, whom the publicans and harlots gladly received. And I thought that was so interesting, that of all the people in Jericho who had heard the things that the Lord was doing, the person who would welcome these two Um, spies, who would desire to be changed, to be rescued, to allow God's work and mercy to be at work in her life, was a woman of ill repute. And so it was when Jesus came the first time to this earth. So I just want to give you guys hope and encouragement that maybe you think there's someone in your family who's too far gone. Someone you know, a friend, a neighbor, who's just made too many bad decisions. Their life choices have added up and they are found wanting. Do you know that God's grace is enough? That his hand is not too short to redeem. We know of Rahab that she had commendable faith. Commendable faith. That's the first part that we see in this great covenant. That all it takes to receive it is faith is to believe that God wants to make this covenant true in your life. We may be appalled at the fact that Rahab was a prostitute or that she was a liar. Despite those facts, she was not saved by her works, but by her faith. She knew who God was. She knew who she was, and she trusted God for her very life. I'm going to repeat that quote again by David Guzik. She knew who God was. She knew who she was and she trusted God for her very life. We read later on and it was brought up in our study also Hebrews eleven thirty one. Hebrews eleven thirty one. By faith the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. It was faith. She hadn't seen The the Red Sea dried up. She hadn't seen these kings from those unpronounceable cities, you know, destroyed, but she believed it. She heard it and her heart melted like everyone else there in Jericho, but she decided to trust in God for her very life. The second thing we see under the Great Commission is not just commendable faith, but this cord of sacred scarlet this cord of sacred scarlet. So we'll pick up there in verse 12. Rahab continues talking to the spies and she says, Now therefore I beg you, swear to me by the Lord since I have shown you kindness that you also will show kindness to my father's house and give me a true token and spare my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters and all that they have And deliver our lives from death. So the men answered her, Our lives for yours. If none of you tell this business of ours, and it shall be when the Lord has given us the land, that we will deal kindly and truly with you. Then she let them down by a rope through the window. For her house was on the city wall. She dwelt on the wall. Verse 16, And she said to them, Get to the mountain, lest the pursuers meet you. Hide there three days until the pursuers have returned. Afterward, you may go your way. So the men said to her, We will be blameless of this oath of yours, which you have made us swear, unless when we come into the land, you bind this line of scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And unless you bring your father, your mother, your brothers, and all your father's household to your own home, so it shall be that whoever goes outside the doors of your house into the street, his blood shall be on his own head, and we will be guiltless. And whoever is with you in the house, his blood shall be on our head if a hand is laid on him. Verse 20, and if you tell this business of ours, then we will be free from your oath which you made us swear." Then she said, according to your words, so be it. And she sent them away and they departed and she bound the scarlet cord in the window. I just need to pause there for a second. Verse 21, according to your words, so be it. And I love what our pastor, Pastor Zach says all the time that repentance is simply saying what God says about sin. It's simply agreeing with him. It's simply saying, yes, this sin is wrong. This breaks the heart of my God. Jesus died on the cross for this this sin, and I will not be mastered by it anymore. So be it. And she sent them away, and her actions matched with what she believed. She bound the scarlet cord in the window. Her heart believed, and her actions proved it. Verse 22, they departed and went to the mountain and stayed there three days until the pursuers returned. The pursuers sought them all along the way, but did not find them. So the two men returned, descended from the mountain, and crossed over. And they came to Joshua, the son of Nun, and told him all that had befallen them. And they said to Joshua, Truly the Lord has delivered all the land into our hands for indeed all the inhabitants of the country are faint-hearted because of us it's so interesting to point out that the spies maybe went in with a military purpose right try to find the city's weakness try to figure out a point that we can enter And they came back with zero tactics. You could tell this was their first gig as spies, right? They they came back with zero military intelligence, zero strategy, right? Like they didn't even find the name of a guy they could bribe to let them into the gates. Nothing. Because the work that the Lord wanted to accomplish was not with the arms of the flesh, but it was spiritual. It was to save Rahab. It was so she could be part of that lineage of Christ. It was so that God's promise to Abraham that all the nations in the world would be blessed would come true. It was so that our King Jesus would be born through the most unlikely of characters of people, right? With little character. Yet he chose them and he saved them. Sandy Adams put it, puts it this way, looking at the, the close of this chapter uh, with the spies waiting three days and that scarlet cord being a symbol of salvation. He writes, For Jesus too came to earth to spy out the land. He hung and was lowered from a scarlet rope, literally a blood-stained cross. Afterwards, he hid for three days in the grave. Jesus then rose from the dead and ascended to heaven. He returned to camp, so to speak. But he's coming again to judge the world, and the only folks who will be saved are those holding on to that scarlet cord. It's a picture of the work of Jesus We can be those women of faith that hold on to God's work on the cross, to Christ's work on the cross, to be saved. Not just us, right? Our whole household. I love Rahab as she's um, asking for this blessing, for this mercy from the spies. It's almost like she started with the people closest to her and she's like, oh yeah, and so-and-so. Oh yeah, and so-and-so. You know, like, And then finally she's like, and, and anyone who comes into my house, everyone of my household. And isn't it the way with us? Like when we first get to know Jesus, we start with, oh, I need to tell my best friend or oh, I need to tell my husband or I need to tell my mom or my child. And then it's like, wait, but... This person, they need Jesus too. And before you know it, you're just overflowing with joy to tell all others of the fact that you have been saved. You know, even though Jesus' final words to his disciples while he was here on earth are recorded in the Gospels, His actual final words for this earth are recorded in Revelation. So we'll turn there now to that last book in the Bible. It's been such a joy um, studying it on Sundays. Christ's final words in Scripture are recorded there in Revelation chapter 22. We'll pick up in verse 6. Then he, Jesus, said to me, These words are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show his servants the things which must shortly take place. Verse 7, Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he, or for tonight, she, who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Jumping down to verse 12 in Revelation 22. And behold, he repeats it again. I am coming quickly and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha, the Beginning, and the Omega end, as it tells us there again, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life, and may enter through the gates into the city. But outside are dogs, and sorcerers, and sexually immoral, and murderers, and idolaters, and whoever loves and practices a lie verse 16 I Jesus have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches I am the root and the offspring of David the bright and morning star and the spirit and the bride say come and let him who hears say come and let him who thirsts Come, whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy... God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. He who testifies to these things says, again, surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Amen. And I love that contrast from therefore go to behold, I come. And he's coming quickly. And we need to be found keeping his commandments as Joshua was commanded to do in that first chapter that we looked at, as Christ's disciples were commanded to do, as we saw in Matthew 28. That's what we're all commanded to do also in the last words of Jesus to his church in the book of Revelation, to keep the commandments. Don't add to it. Don't take away, do it all for him, for he is worthy and he's coming quickly. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the simplicity of your word, God. That you just ask us to trust you, to obey it fully, Lord. And God, at the same time, we know it's impossible in our own stress, in our own strength, God, in these. Human bodies, God, this flesh is so weak, God, but our spirits are willing. We want to please you. So, Lord, would you bring to mind, even now, to each one of your daughters here tonight, Lord, a way that they can keep your commands more fully, God. Not for our own personal glory, God, but because we want to draw closer to you. We want to be found clinging to that scarlet cord as you return, Lord. So please, God, help us throw away any idols, anything that is not pleasing to you. God, may we cut it off. And Lord, help us to embrace the fullness of your word. Even tonight, before we go to sleep, God, may we meditate on it. And tomorrow may be the first thing we long to do, Lord, to read your word. God, we need you. We want to trust your promises, Lord. Would you help us? Would you help our unbelief, God? It's in your name that we ask these things. Amen. Men.